this isn't how we always were with each other. And the kids are noticing that. The kids do feel that. The kids are, are experiencing this in their own way. And, um, you know, thinking about that was another kind of push to create this project was, you know, there's there's something in there. There's, you know, they're going to have a well of emotions and thoughts and confusion about this. And, you know, you know, writing is a, is a great way to kind of get some of that stuff out. Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we're doing things a little bit differently because of the recent coronavirus outbreak. Life is certainly different for all of us these days. Tony and I are even recording this episode separately from the safety and comfort of our own homes. But for this show, we're going to be talking about a specific writing project for kids centered around their experiences uh, with the pandemic. So welcome back to the podcast, Tony. Yes, it's been a million years, it seems. We used to uh, we used to at least see one another with more regularity, even if we weren't necessarily making shows. But it's been a it's been a while of being trapped here. It, it definitely has. I mean, it's very unusual. I mean, at least I have like a little icon of your face on the Skype. So it feels a, a little like home, but yeah. not really. Right. And yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing the video chat just in case anybody is curious because you get a better audio quality on Skype if you don't use video. And I think that the audio is coming out well. So I, I hope that you guys are, are enjoying it and not we don't sound like we're in tin cans because we don't sound like we're in tin cans to me. No, you know, you sound great to me. So hopefully this is this is a go and maybe this is this might be how we handle the podcast for for the foreseeable future, actually. I, I would I would that would be fantastic. Let's um let's talk about your project. How did you come up with this? Is this is this your original idea? I'm I've been locked in writing my own I have a I have a huge project coming out in June and I am on hyper hyper deadline so i haven't been looking at the internet at all i'm the only american not really on the internet this month so <laughs> you're not missing anything at all apparently there's some sort of illness yeah, <laughs> i mean it's just it's it's you know just life as usual um so the writing the writing project uh that we're we're talking about today i wish i could claim credit for the original idea but i can't um <clears throat> The, the the idea came actually from a, a friend of mine, uh, Laura Siegel Powell. Um, the one day we were Patty and I were going to do a video. My wife Patty and I we were going to do a video about uh, her turning pens for you know kids at home. Um, you know, because a lot of people are you know kind of coming up with you know cooking shows and you know everybody's kind of getting creative. And so Patty was like, well, well, I could turn a pen and you know make a video and one of the comments that I got very quickly after that was from Laura and she said, Hey, you know, you should do like a writing project for kids about the, you know, about the outbreak and, um, and you know, for what, see what their feelings are. And, you know, maybe it could be put together in a book or something like that. And I thought it was a fantastic idea. Um, so I started working with, um, a couple of, um, a couple of people who are teachers and mentors, um, in the writing community, um, Amber Green with the Phoenix youth project out of Salisbury, on uh, Jamie uh, Ridgely, who is a creative writing teacher at Stephen Decatur Middle School, um, and gosh, I'm forgetting people. Actually, your wife Kelly, uh, she was she was in on that too as a teacher, English teacher at Pocomoke. 
And, um, and of course, Laura, I looped her in because I didn't want her to feel like I took her idea and ran with it. Um, and so what we kind of came up with, we kind of kicked this idea around for a while. And so what we did came up with was uh, what we've termed these strange times, young writers reflect on the pandemic. And it's a writing project aimed at kids through uh, elementary school, grades two through five, middle school, grades six through eight, and high school. Um, each group has a different prompt, um, and they can, you know, and they, they've got quite a bit of flexibility within that. But um, we, we've kind of created it as a writing project, not necessarily a contest. There's no money to win or anything like that. But, you know, as a, as a way for kids to, young writers and students to express what they're seeing, what they're feeling. Um, and our goal is that if we get enough submissions, we can put it into an anthology. So that's kind of the the project kind of in a nutshell. One of the other really important things about writing in a time like this, and especially as, as a kid, is something that I've come to discover, and, and many people who write have come to discover, is it's easier to figure out once you what you think once you write it down. So oh, absolutely. writing for me a lot of times is the process of understanding where I had this thought. So I have... A thought I'm going to write about X and in the writing about X I come to understand what my motive was for writing it and it's a good way to center yourself and to start to think about why you think the things you do and whether the thing whether the things that you think are true or not yeah I think that's sort of been how writing has always functioned in my life um, you know even as a very young person all the way to you know the, the adult that I am today is that, you know, sometimes the, you know, the world around you can be confusing. It can be scary. It can be wonderful. It can be amazing. Um, and you know, for, for me, you know, having lots of thoughts kind of banging around in there, um, if I can kind of take them all out and put them down on the page and kind of arrange them and sort them, then I can go back and look and say, okay, this is what I think. This is what I understand. This is how I feel. And this is what I want to remember of this. Um, and so that has always been, uh, you know, my approach to the world. Um, you know, I'm not always very eloquent, you know, talking, but I feel like on paper, I can make sure that I can say it, say a thing exactly the way I want to. Um, and so writing has always been important to me. And, you know, part of the, the goal with this project is to give kids, young writers, students, um, the same opportunity, you know, to say, Hey, here's this absolutely unprecedented, crazy time. And here's a couple guidelines and, you know, let us know what you think right now. We hear so much of, you know, what the adults are thinking, you know, every time we turn on the news, there's an adult talking about what they think, what they project, what they believe what's going on. But, you know, you know, the young students, the young writers out there, they also have thoughts and, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to hear what they have to say? And along those lines, I used to hate memes, and now I've become whatever is more than hate, like red-eyed with blood at the idea of memes on the internet. And the reason is I worry that people are like, hey, let me see if I can find something creative someone else said so I can make my point. And there's no there's no self-reflection in that. And yeah. the real concern, not concern, but the real danger is that 
when we look back on these days, what we're going to have a document of is people looking for things that other people had said about other things a long time ago and no one being honest about their own experience. You know, you can, you know, you 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 rightly say that you could turn on the news and see adults talking, but uh, the adults on the television aren't saying anything interesting or new anyway. They're repeating their own special brand of memes and to take out this crisis and to look at it and to look at what it means to you and to try to come to terms with how your life is unerringly different than it would have been without this major, major event. This isn't, this is something that we're going to come back from in a different way. The, the world is going to look very different in another two years, very much in the way, you know, we see we see movies now of people getting on airplanes without being strip searched and with a cigarette in their mouth, and it looks that that looks obnoxious to us. We're like, why? Can you believe they used to just bring a cigarette onto an airplane and no one searched their body cavities for water bombs? And yeah, yeah. and the way that the world looked in January is n it, we're never going to see it look that way again. Our, our habits are changing. And to give kids an opportunity to take a look at that and to do a little bit of self-reflection, and what do I think about this? How is it changing my life? Because those are the kind of documents that are going to be valuable, not some idiot smacking their head and shaking it on a, on a Facebook video. Yeah, I think that you sort of bring it around a, a, an interesting point. I mean, one of the lines in the, you know, the poster for the the writing project is you know we say right in there you know your reflections on this extraordinary time in history have the potential to become primary resource documents you know much and and it brings to mind you know like Anne Frank's diary you know um you know which is sort of critical reading for everyone um you know in in the sense of like what these young people are experiencing what they're feeling what they're seeing um you know, in 20, 30, 40 years, you know, they will be looking back on their diaries, on their journals, maybe even this anthology that we're pulling together and being like, wow, you know, this is what that time was like for me. This is what I saw. This is what I felt. This is who I lost. This is what I was scared of. This is what bored me to tears. This is what I didn't seem to understand then, but now I recognize the significance of it as an adult. Um, and so, you know, in, in the project, you know, it's, we just wanted to kind of reach out and see if, if the students would really dig down and, and come up with things. And we've already had a couple of submissions. Um, in fact, I kind of had a moment, um, last weekend when I got the first submission and it was from a fourth grader and the first line of her. Uh, but the first line was today my world feels strange because I feel like there's a wall between me and everyone else and I I just I mean tears just came right to my eyes because you know here's a, a fourth grade you know just a small a small child saying this is how it feels to me it feels like there's a wall between me and everyone else and you know you just get this image you know of a child on one side of a wall and everyone sort of on the other in that sense of loneliness, that sense of, you know, understanding that the world isn't the way it used to be for you. 
Um, you know, and I just kind of sat with that first line. It was very simple, but you know, it just, it hit me and I was like, okay. And then my next thought was, you know, I might not be, <laughs> I might not be prepared for all these submissions, you know, um, I might need to get a, another box of Kleenex out. Some of these might be real heartbreakers. Um, you know, and I don't know, it, it just stuck with me that, you know, this was this creating this writing project for for young writers was the right thing to do and i'm glad we've done it and i and i hope we continue to get more submissions i think that something that that young young lady wrote is worth picking apart a little bit because we never appreciated the isolation that we were already participating in before we had to um, you know, I mean, except for not going to school every day, you know, her life probably isn't a, a lot different. It probably is very much, you know, home-based and then um, occupation-based. So I go to soccer practice, I go to school, I go to band practice at night, but it's, it's amplifying the ice, the kind of, the kind of isolation that we really kind of had already been on our road down. Um, I'm not a good example of this because I don't leave my house anyway. <laughs> and I was speaking with my wife about it and it took me about three weeks to realize that there's a radical difference between you don't leave and you can't leave. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything different except have the option of going someplace taken away from me. And it's an option I probably wouldn't have made use of. <laughs> But now right. I'll never know because I'm not making use of it for sure. When you uh, when you put this out there, what was the uh, what's kind of the mechanism for people to to help spread it? If somebody wanted to find a way to share this and to find a way to get someone to participate, where can they find that? Sure. So uh, there's a number of number of ways. Um, probably the first uh, and easiest place is that uh, is Facebook. Um, I created the, when I first talked with Laura and got the idea, I kind of put out a Facebook post, you know, to sort of search the collective Facebook hive mind. Um, so I wanted to make sure I put it back there to let people know that I didn't just have an idea and it, you know, <laughs> and, and then never followed up on it. I wanted to make sure people knew cause a couple of people expressed interest in that initial sort of, um, brainstorming Facebook post. And I just want to make sure they all knew that, um, it had come to fruition. You did so, it for real. Yeah, I did it for real. I wasn't just like, here's an idea. And weeks later, it just kind of evaporated. Um, so the pay, the, the uh, information about the writing project is on Facebook. Um, um, in fact, I put it on my personal Facebook, Stephanie L. Fowler. Um, and then it got like 110 shares. So um, it's been shared all the way up into Cecil County, Maryland. Um, it's been shared pretty much uh, a lot locally here on Delmarva. Um, so, um, the post is there, um, we're getting, I'm going to be today, uh, putting it up on our, uh, saltwater media website so that people can, um, find information about it there. And we'll also be posting it to our social media for saltwater media. Um, so you find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, it's all over social media. So if someone were to look for, look in any of those places, they would certainly find it. Um, or if they can't seem to locate it in any of those places they can certainly drop an email to strange times at saltwatermedia.com 
Um, and that's also the submission link. So if anybody can't find information about the project, they want it. Uh, again, it's e the email is strangetimes at saltwatermedia.com. Uh, and then I can send them the PDF that has all of the uh, project uh, rules. Uh, we've got rules about, uh, because the students can submit poetry or prose. Um, and so we've got a whole bunch of kind of uh, rules and regulations. Um, you know, one of the important ones being parental consent being required. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, because I don't want anybody to participate in their parents not be cool with that. So we want to make sure parents are okay with their kids, you know, participating in the project. Um, you know, and the kids are allowed to pick sort of any genre they want. They can submit something in fiction or nonfiction. They can do it in kind of a memoir or journalism reporting. I mean, kind of whatever. I mean, they could even do a play even if they wanted. You know, there's, you know, kind of we, we wanted to give them the flexibility to be able to express themselves. Um, because one of the things that uh, Amber Green brought up, um, and I thought it was a very good point, because initially I'd said I wanted it to be all nonfiction. And Amber brought up a really good point that there are some kids who um, have some difficult backgrounds or, you know, kind of live in trauma um, or come from places of trauma and that, you know, nonfiction might be a little bit too intense for them. So the distance of using fiction or some other type of, you know, writing device might be easier for them to communicate their feelings um, because they can kind of do it with a little bit of a distance. So I thought that was a really good point that she brought up. So then we kind of, that's kind of why we opened it up to kind of any sort of genre, um, and they can submit poetry or prose. Um, so we just want to make it as flexible and easy for them to participate, um, as we could. And what's really interesting about the inclusion of fiction, I mean, and poetry is that in an anthology like the one you're proposing, it's automatically got that background, right? The background of this, no matter what was written, the background is always that it was written during this kind of weird seclusion. Yes. You know, this this kind of rational mistrust of everyone. <laughs> you, yes. you know? And uh and the the paranoia of it has got to be affecting uh children. I was dropping something off to my grandson and I, you know, I'm not going, I, I'm not going near him. And I wonder how that, how that affects, I mean, he's, he's very little, but you wonder how that affects kids who don't quite understand what's going on. I mean, older kids know that there's some sort of sickness. They know that they're not supposed to be around people, but there's also, when you see people in public now, this kind of mutual, Hey, we're avoiding one another very pointedly, you know, yes. pe people that you wouldn't have walked within six feet of anyway. Now you feel like, you know, you've done your community service. You know, you're now you're a superhero for, for avoiding that guy across the street, for crossing the street when someone else is coming down it, you know, where before you looked like a paranoid lunatic. Yeah, you know, because this is a real interruption for them. You know, their their lives are definitely different i mean even though you know it might be you know i mean th their whole routines are thrown off i mean our routines as adults are thrown off but we're a little bit you know better suited to, to handle those sorts of things but for the young kids i mean they're you know for the young students all the way up into the high school kids you know their entire routines are thrown off and that has to feel disconnected there has there, i mean the, the disconnect is felt i think the, the disconnect is a human thing to feel um, you know, in fact, 
you know, Patty went to go see our friend Jeff's, you know, to, to drop something off in his mailbox, you know, and she was like gloved up and had a mask on and put something in the mailbox and his daughter, Miralena, um, rushed onto the porch. And now they're, you know, a good distance away from the mailbox on the street to the porch. And, you know, Miralena saw Patty and she just yelled, Miss Patty. And then she burst into tears. And then of course, Patty, you know, burst into tears. Um, and you just, you know, and there's, you know, when Patty came home and told me that story and I just was like, this isn't how we always were with each other. And the kids are noticing that the kids do feel that the kids are, are experiencing this in their own way. And, um, you know, thinking about that was another kind of push to create this project was, you know, there's, there's something in there. There's, you know, they're going to have a well of emotions and thoughts and confusion about this. And, you know, you know, writing is a, is a great way to kind of get some of that stuff out. As, and that was what we were saying in, in the beginning, it's a way to kind of pick apart what you think and you can wonder at why you wrote something and why you thought that was significant. And when you're older, you can look back on the writing and say, wow, I can't believe I thought that was significant and I didn't think this other thing was significant. You know, you're building a, like a, a message between you and future you. You know, you're, you're having a conversation with your older self about how right or wrong you were to feel or not feel the way you felt or didn't feel, <laughs> you know, during yeah. during this during this epidemic. So that is reason enough to at least begin journaling and things about this. But the idea of sharing it very publicly, of saying this is what I think and putting it out there that adds a level. It, it adds a level of, you know, of responsibility and, and maybe a level of pressure, but it also is a nice little reminder about alternate ways, again, to communicate besides finding a clever meme. You know, there... Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think communication is definitely key in this time. We're all finding new ways to communicate or, you know, old new ways, you know, and, you know, I've even broken out my typewriter and written a few typewritten letters to people, um, you know, and so, I, I mean, I just feel like communication right now is really important to stay connected as much as we can, even though we have to stay apart. And communication off of Zoom and off of the internet generally, because, it's not a convenience anymore. You know, it's it's part of it's it's part of the prison structure. You know, this is how we talk to one another now and whether we like it or not. And when you decide to write something that you can share with other people, it frees you from that. You can say, you know what, there are this is a this is the way that I'm communicating. I'm communicating in what we're gonna call like a monologue and present my ideas to you and you can deal with them as you will, but you're not going to interrupt me. I'm not going to be interrupted. I'm not going to start a conversation about this. I'm going to put this fully formed thought out into the world and let you contemplate it and say nothing if you don't like to say, if you don't want to say anything or maybe respond in kind, as you were saying, like with the letter writing, the idea yeah. that you we may 
have a generation of kids who are a little bit more self-reflective and a little bit more interested in writing rather than in going back and forth is something hopeful to take away from it in a time where things look, you know, less and less hopeful every minute. Yeah. And, you know, and I had a couple of parents who even when, when we were talking about creating, you know, these strange times writing project, I even had a couple of parents express, you know, that they would be interested to see what their kids had to say, you know, because, you know, kids, you know, young people don't always, you know, tell their parents exactly what's on their minds. Um, but yet through writing, they might be more inclined to be a little bit more vulnerable. And you know, there were a couple of parents that said, you know, I'd be really interested to see what my what my child has to say about this. Um, and I'd also be interested to see what, you know, other young writers and students are, are seeing and thinking and feeling about this. So even from, you know, not just the students themselves getting it out on paper, but I think the parents having a chance to read and reflect on what this generation of, of people are, are going through has been, has been an interesting, I did, wasn't quite expecting that, but I had several people say, you know, I'm really interested to see, I can't wait to see what they have to say. I can't wait to see what they are going to come up with. Um, and so that I think too, is an important point. That's when sense of, validation you know this isn't like the paper mache you know ashtray that you know a kid's going to bring home from art class i mean this is something this this you know project has the potential to you know really lay bare some some vulnerability and and some um reflection out of these young writers that um you know other people their parents and you know the community at large may may not have known um had, had this all not happened and when you're writing it and your parents are reading it as, as opposed to just speaking with your parents about it, um, I, I know from my own children, when they're telling you a story, they're constantly evaluating your response. They're looking for little eye ticks or smiles or changes in room temperature to see how their story is going over and how their story is going over influences how they tell it. But Again, once you put it down to paper and you give it its own separate life uninterrupted by comments or looks or anything, then your parents can get, I think, maybe a little bit better insight. They're not going to influence what you are writing as you're writing it. And that, I think, might get you to a purer place, both for yourself and, you know, and for your parents to understand that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just to me goes back to the, you know, how real we can be on the page versus face to face. You know, I was a, a young person that was very much that way, you know, um, and I think that's why I, I resorted to not resorted to, but but why writing became such a refuge for me was I could be completely myself, completely vulnerable, angry, whatever I needed to be on the page where that was maybe not necessarily something that I would show to the people in my life. So, you know, I think that there is value in the um, sort of unrestrictedness of a, a project like this. All right, Stephanie. Well, now is the time where you would thank the guest if we had one, but I'll just thank you 
for reaching out and for doing this. And one more time, where can people go to get more information about the project? Sure. So you can find information on These Strange Times, Young Writers Reflect on the Pandemic Writing Project uh, on our Saltwater Media social, Saltwater Media social media pages, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also find it on the Stephanie Fowler Facebook page. Um, and we also will put information up on our saltwatermedia.com website. And uh, if all else fails, if you can't find it in any of those places, just drop an email to strangetimes at saltwatermedia.com. Once more? Strangetimes at saltwatermedia.com. And that's times with an S. So What's Your Story was produced by Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at SoWhatsYourStoryPodcast.com, where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes, and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Radio Public, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, take a second and give us a great review. Tell your story.